So we ran those and everybody's like that. The feel of it is phenomenal, right? Well, the Monarch Ink com combined with the Stampinator on an AS color, which is what this is, it's like the best. Welcome to the latest season of the Aussie Screen Printing Club, the podcast that's all about the commercial end of screen printing. Hey everybody, I'm Jeremy Ray from Rock Hill Screen Printing. We're located in Rock Hill, South Carolina, uh, which is right outside of Charlotte, if you're familiar with the geography in the U.S., um, Charlotte, North Carolina, right on the borderline of that, uh, that state, and uh, Rock Hill and, well, South Carolina and North Carolina, they just call it the Carolinas, um, so, but yeah, but um, yeah, so we do screen printing and embroidery, we do um, large format uh, digital graphic printing, such as banners and things like that, decals, um, yeah, we promotional items I mean, we 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 ship those out but or we you know do that all online but um yeah for the most part that's kind of what we do the weather here uh in charlotte right now is rock hills about uh 75 degrees <laughs> and forgive me i got my garage door open because right. it's uh 70 75 fahrenheit yeah so yeah um, i don't know what, what that is it celsius but it's in the twenties, I guess. You have your jacket on. I do. It is not <laughs> seventy-five here. Um, of course, where you are, it's five p.m. ish, and where I yeah. am, it's seven a.m. And yeah, look, it took me ten minutes to defrost the car this morning. It's about oh, man, degrees coming down the road, and the sun's just coming up, really. So, yeah, we're in winter. You're in glorious summer, but you had a big, long winter this year as well, didn't you? Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, it's one. It was a long winter, but it it wasn't. Um, it wasn't like snowy or anything. We don't get snow. We're in the south. Yeah. So, um, so we're we'll get cold days, but nothing, nothing too crazy. It's mostly light jacket, hoodie. Basically, wear a hoodie all the time in the winter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, you're sort of just north on the east side of Florida, really, aren't you? That kind of area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm five hours away from Jacksonville, Florida, eight hours away from Disney, um, okay. three hours away from Myrtle Beach, right. and three hours away from the mountains. So wow. ge ge geographically, I you know, I can go I can go to the snow really quick. Yeah. And about two and a half hours I can get to the snow. Um and you know do the skiing and all that they they have all the you know the ski slopes um we're right on the blue ridge mountains yep we're called the we're the foothills so it's a beautiful area yeah wow sounds great wonderful. place to live yeah i'm, I'm originally from i'm originally from uh, toledo ohio so right. ohio right. has right. long winters even longer yeah. winters yeah plenty of so. snow Plenty of snow, lots of lake effect. Yeah, right. Okay. So, yeah, I've yeah. never got down to either of the Carolinas. I used to do a fair bit of business in the US, but not in that area or in Florida at all, really. On the, I guess Georgia, a little bit in the south and Texas. Yeah, over there. right there. I'm right there. Yeah. yeah. Right by the Georgia. 
So I go, I go to a is... Savannah a lot. So. Okay. What kind of a week have you had so far? Uh, well, so Monday was Memorial Day for us. So, yeah, right. um, and that's a national holiday. So we had off. Um, so I was on um, holiday uh, over the weekend, took a four day holiday and uh, went to Nashville, Tennessee for the music and the, and the fun. Nice. So, um, yeah, I went to Music City, USA, and uh, that was a blast. And then, so we just got, we traveled Monday back, and now we're, yeah, today's our first really day in here, and it was, you know, how it is when you come back from holiday, it's <laughs> chaos when you got nine employees, kind of, what do we do, you know, so, um, but yeah, so it always starts off as chaos on on, on on those days but we got out of here on time today so that's good that's good so uh, was there like a lull in the morning when you started you were, yeah, yeah because because you have to burn the screens or whatever because you know usually all that stuff's prepped the day before yeah but uh when when we're itching to get on vacation on thursday nothing gets done towards the end of that day right <laughs> yeah. just let's get out of here and then uh yeah so yeah, we were scrambling a little bit this morning, but yeah, we got the screens burnt for today. In fact, uh, it's funny we have a yeah we have an Impro um, we just got so which is a auto auto reclaim and but it also does washout. Yeah. So um, it's uh it's from the it's from the Netherlands. Anyways, Impros yes yeah I think it's from the Netherlands, but um so. We, I had one of my screen room guy um, burn the screens and I was like, hey, let's talk about workflow. Let's, you know, what I want you to do is burn a couple screens or, you know, expose a couple screens and then stick them in the in-pro unit. But remember, you got to switch it to washout instead of reclaim. And he goes, and he goes, yes, no problem. And he goes, all right. And he goes, and you got, I got to adjust the pressure, right? And I'm like, yep. And so I go, I'll help you with the workflow to just kind of get it going and then burn two, stick them in the machine, come in, burn two more, come out, stick them in the machine. The first two should be done. So he get the rotation going. Yeah. He got, he got four screens deep before he realized that uh, he, he didn't, it was the first two washed completely out. And I said, you know, he goes, Oh, they got stuck. So we took the, we thought, Oh, they got stuck. So we started taking the machine apart to see where they got stuck and saw that they were stuck but then he stuck two more in and then I looked down and I'm like you never changed the pressure of the so he's like oh no so we basically burnt four we we basically had four um four screens in the machine and two kind of going in so we got, we had to redo all five screens and one mm. made it through <laughs> so um, you know just to start the day off we you know ruined five screens <laughs> so, so how, how long have you had that you found that useful like we just stuff? got it yeah okay. yeah so um i went to i went to print hustlers um conference in uh texas last year and got to meet ryan moore from ryanette um in made labs and um so I just had a good conversation with him and he was, we were talking and um, he was walking through the equipment that they had at Made Labs and they had one there. 
And I was like, yeah, I can't justify that. And he goes, well, does your employee that does it, does he call off stick, you know, call out sick? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, and he probably wants vacation days, right? Yeah. And he probably gets paid per the hour, but he wants benefits, right? Yeah. You know, so he's like, this doesn't call out. It doesn't require a salary. It doesn't, you know, you just got to pay it. You got to pay it. So do this cost savings analysis of what it takes that person to just, you know, reclaim screens. And literally, you know, we got so busy um, that he was doing 25 to 30 screens a day of just nonstop power washing, pressure washing, scrubbing, pressure washing. So I was a, you know, and that's, that's one of those, it's it's the most important job in the shop. Um, Mm. If those screens aren't clean, nothing else works. Right. That's correct. Yeah. And so I just basically said, you know, what's, you know, me and my wife started talking, she's my business partner. And we started talking about like, what makes sense. And she's like, what makes sense is we can't you, we can't lose Jason, our our screen room guy. We, We can't, we're wearing him out. So, you know, let's just go get it. And we, and it's, you know, it's a hefty price. I mean, mm, it was about 40, 45,000 US. Um, but, uh, you know, for the next five or six years, you know, you're paying a lease payment at least to own. But, um, but yeah, we don't, we shouldn't have to worry about it. You know, like it's it, his, his day goes by so much faster now. I mean, he's, we got an auto coder. We got a, um, a Grunig auto coder so he doesn't have to worry about putting the scoop coder on or you know coding his own screens anymore and uh so we got auto coder and auto reclaim now and he can rattle off a rack of 25 in a couple hours um both wash and 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 coat so yeah he's pretty much out here helping in the shop half the day now instead of really standing in front of Freedom up, yeah. Does he burn so, yeah, screens as well? Like, does he yeah, do, he handles the whole screen area? So, are you are you burning yeah. from film or like how do you? Yeah, burn? yep. Yeah, that's the one thing I did it kind of out of order. I think the first thing you probably should do is get a is a you know a direct to screen, a, a computer to screen. Yeah. That would be ideal, I think. So, because then you're not saving the films, yeah, or re reprinting the films all the time. But yeah. So he, at the moment, just to get his workflow, he would, he receives the film from your art department and he takes mm-hmm. it from there through the, the screen um, yeah. being prepped, yeah. pre-press, like taping up and so on. Does he run yep. a thing where he'll, because um, I've seen these things and I often wonder whether, you know, it's not a gimmick clearly, but whether people set it up just for the camera, but you've got a guy who will literally burn a screen, code a screen, reclaim a screen you know kind of in a in a big cycle just on their own you, you're not doing no, it quite like that no, <laughs> no it's uh, the thing is is like i don't have a drying rack um right. or a drying box to 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 do that that quick i think a lot of people do that for a film or for camera mm-hmm. or whatever but um mm-hmm. but i think um yeah i mean i basically so we have our films usually the day before printed and we have a, a shelf in the in the in the screen room, which is basically just a room that's got the exposure unit in it, and you know, and dry screens. 
um, co dry coated screens. And then we have a separate room we call the wet room, which is just an, a little smaller kind of closet area um, that has, um, it has four racks of screens in it and the auto coder, the Grunig. And so he'll, he'll coat, he'll put the clean screens from outside or out in the, out in the actual, where our, where our reclaim is, the washout booth and everything. And mm -hmm. he'll take those screens, the whole, as they're being washed or reclaimed and he'll take them in there. And so he'll take them in the wet room, dehumidifier, fan, all that stuff on there to try to, you know, to dry them as quick as possible. It probably takes about four hours to dry them that way. Wow. And then, um, but so he'll always have a rack of clean at the end of the day and he'll have a rack of coated screens. Yep. And then the next morning we'll take that rack of coated screens and take it into the, the reclaim or the, uh, the exposure room. Yeah. And then we'll put, we'll, organize them and take the empty rack out of there stick it back in the other room and then he coats them right. switches them over and it's just that cycle there um and so that's daily so we'll go through a rack of screens or more a day um and then yeah he'll end up wash you know he'll do now he uses the uh the impro to reclaim and wash out and so his routine is more like, hey, I'll go, come in, turn on the water, turn on the machine, get the conveyor belt running, mm -hmm. go in, get the films, burn the screens, mm -hmm. come out. And I was trying to get the workflow with him this morning about, hey, let's don't just burn one screen, come out, wash it out. You're just wasting steps, right? Yeah. Yeah. So burn, burn two or three or three or four, then come out and start getting them in the machine, go back, you know, so that they're you don't have to stand there and watch the machine do its thing. You yeah, know? you can multitask, you know? Yeah. So we start to multitask that job. And so all of a sudden he's no longer just in one area doing one thing. Yeah. He's in a little rotation doing a bunch yeah. of things. Yeah. And then he'll bring the films over back over into where the art is. And yeah. And then, you know, he's a smoker. So he'll go take a smoke break and then come back. But he just, he just stays happy. And that's the key. If I can yeah. keep him happy, then he basically, I just say, you're running the entire screen room. So, and, uh, and then we have a, we have a shop assistant that does tapes the screens. Right. Um, so he up. doesn't necessarily tape them. Yeah. Gotcha. But it frees up that, that character to work on the press or work in other areas for the rest of the day. So it is already yeah, so, paying for itself. Yeah. You've got an uplifting yeah, product. Well, and that's the other thing is our, so we have a girl that just does um, shipping and receiving and she does uh, purchasing. So she's our buyer. So, um, but she only does that for, I mean, shipping and receiving is probably a two hour job, right? Like it's just waiting for UPS to show up or FedEx mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. receive it all in, check it in. It might take her longer to check it in depending on how much we got. And then she'll, then she'll get the orders from the day before and purchase. So she'll have a timeline okay. to do purchasing. Yeah. And then, but then, but then there's like this basically by lunchtime, she's done. Yeah, so man. then she'll come into the actual shop and catch, pull, fold, stack, fold, count. She'll do one of those things. 
And then Jason, my screen room guy, will do the same thing. So he just goes over. He loves talking to the guys at the machine. So he'll go over and just pull and put into the dryer. And so, yeah, it's kind of, I talked, I was talking to my wife this afternoon. I'm like, you know, I feel like we have to hire one more guy um, just to be a full-time shop person. Yep. Because we have three printers, basically one person's bouncing around uh, multiple dryers and stacking yeah so um so it'd be nice if we had two people but then you know you got to justify that right yeah and i guess it's set up for that in the sense that when the time comes you just got to get that member of the personnel member of the team yeah to to add to it rather than any more machinery so just go back for a second to that um the person doing the dispatch so she's doing the ordering the stock ordering she's receiving the stock is she picking the stock for orders as well Yes. Yep. So she had, that's basically her job. So what we, what what we did have is we had our sales girl, which used to be a printer of mine. She's been with us for four years. So she kind of knew the back end of the business. So we moved her up to the front end of the business. So she's inside sales. So she just takes orders and quotes from walk-ins or over the phone. She answers the phone, but she was getting so overwhelmed because she was also purchasing those items. Well, she'd get to, she'd start to purchase some and then, oh, somebody walks in the door, somebody calls, she gets distracted, she starts making mistakes, right? Yeah. So, so we said, well, we'll, we don't need a full-time person to do the ordering and we don't need a full-time person to do shipping and receiving. It actually makes sense. The fact that if that person's ordering them, that they're also receiving them to make sure what they ordered is actually came in correctly and has that conversation. So. So that kind of worked out, right? That was a, and then she also checks them in and does the, then she'll separate them for jobs. And she's got, you know, we have Printavo. So she'll okay. have uh, her label maker back there and she'll sit there and hit print on her label maker. And we do, um, we, we, just, we do our own boxing now. So we have our own uh, custom boxes. Mm-hmm. So we will, she'll make up a box um she'll take the garments out of the old box stick them in a new box counted separated and put a label on there and it comes and brings them out into the the shop area where we have um we got a series of shelves you know that are you know the the printers know these are the ones to be printed these are the ones that are done and uh yeah we work it that way that's cool so yeah multitasking we're trying to we're trying to keep a good flow. It's, you know, and people are doing multiple jobs. And that's cool. I mean, I guess the key thing there is to develop the business units. We're not, we're kind of at that stage, but not quite. It's beginning to kind yeah. of form that at the moment, the ordering's still done in the office, which is basically me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do one of the, you know, I'm sort of, we're, we're, we're building a team so that we can have a, a lead production manager to, relieve the production director who's one of my daughters um so that we can then give the purchasing of stock to her so she can take that role i guess but also in theory you know manage the whole of production but one of the issues we have with purchasing stock is you know you come to do the order and perhaps you've got one of those funky customers right who wants 20 different colors or something which you just know there's going to be an issue when you come to ordering you know this product's not available in that color and so on and you've got to go back to the customer and 
work out an alternative. Yeah. Is that something so, that, that seems to be good when it's connected to the sales end? Because there's yeah. a relationship there. I'm just going to turn my heater on. Just give me one sec. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> really easy to do. It's just I forgot to do it. Yeah. So hmm. how does your purchaser cope with that? She go back so, to the, the customer herself. Yeah. So so we have they her Michaela is her name. She talks with Haley, our sales girl, um, daily. So I mean they they're you know they're literally right you know. I don't know, 20, 20 feet away from each other, really. Um, they're just in separate rooms. But um, yeah, so she'll like, so Haley, we order, we have pretty good flow for our business, like as far as like customers mm-hmm. coming through. So um, so yeah, we have about seven, seven to 10 business days turnaround time. But basically what I say is as soon as the order comes in the door, um, we have to order them. Like as soon as we get money, we, so mm. we take a down payment. Okay. So, so, so we'll take a 50% down payment. As soon as we get money, we're ordering. And so typically if I can close out, let's say our sales girl closes, you know, or gets about seven converts about seven jobs the day before. So mm. she knows we, we know at the end of the day, what she's converted to sales right so that list is now sitting and purchasing for for Michaela to come in in the morning and and she'll have she has by noon to do it so it's less than 24 hours from the, the moment of sale to we're, we're ordering mm-hmm. and so and we have you know we've got good a good supply chain right now um set up to where we can you know we can get we can get garments in the next day yeah you got a local so, distributor haven't you i think i heard a podcast carolina made yeah yeah yep so they're are they in charlotte is that where they are yep yep yeah literally i can drive to them and then as color i can drive to them too wow so okay. as as color just put a, a warehouse in charlotte yeah wow so they're going to be on my <laughs> podcast in a couple weeks AS oh, great great yeah. they're probably we supply all the I guess the mainstay garments and brands. I mean, there are a number of yeah. American brands that we can't get here. Um, okay. And there are some other Australian brands that we, we have here that you probably won't have, but I'd say yeah. AS color would be more than 90% of the stock that we, we print on. We absolutely yeah. love them. Um, and they work yeah. a very well recognized brand here, but to be able to get something next day or to drive. And if I was to drive to, as color it's two and a half day drive right oh <laughs> like, wow so you know that's yeah a, that's yeah you don't want to do that no no so yeah it's uh and and honestly um i mean up until recently the only warehouse was los angeles so that's a you know that's a four-hour time zone difference yeah so that's yeah. probably a three-day drive for me right three or four-day drive <laughs> so um so no, it was it's a four day delivery from there. So there's now it becomes super important for us to order right away. You know, and Sanmar has a their port is in Jacksonville, so I can get Sanmar shirts, which is you know a huge distributor yeah, yeah. Um, here in the states. So I can get them to turn around shirts in 24 hours. I can get them next day okay. if I place the order by two o'clock p.m. Um, 
it'll be here the next morning at 9 a.m 10 a.m on the we truck can, so we can do that with Gildan stock and you know american apparel and comfort yeah. colors and all those yeah. brands that they own um yeah if need be but most of our customers aren't buying their stock so it's you know yeah. not, not so useful yeah um, yeah we try to we try to upsell to as color or um there's a local brand called soft shirts here um in greenville that we try to upsell um try right. to keep things local but um yeah, nice. but yeah i love uh wyatt from as color i've met glenn i've met um i haven't met their main guy in charge but i've met several of the other ones uh rick um has been with them for a long time in the state from the states here but california guys but uh yeah and they're fairly That's new a, in the u.s aren't they they've only been there a yeah. little while but they seem yeah. to be making a big noise which is great yeah they are yeah so yeah so and and so they talk the Michaela and haley talk a lot and like we try literally we try to order every single day yeah. now sometimes you know it's most of the times we can get free shipping, you know, from, from doing it that way. Yep. Um, but if, if we, if we get in a pinch, like we got in a pinch the other day where some uh, local police station needed shirts right away. Somebody didn't come through for them. Hey, can you get them by Thursday? It was like Tuesday. I knew that we weren't going to be there Friday. Mm -hmm. My son, my son went and got them at, you know, Wednesday morning. Um, and they shorted us um, 60 larges or something, right. you know, and now I'm like, uh oh, now, you know, last minute. So we had to call them again and it was like, hey, we need these on a courier truck like ASAP. And they they did it. Trig, who we interviewed on that podcast, you probably heard um, yep. is um, Trig Cherry. Yeah, he uh, he came through for us, but it's it's, it's helpful, I guess, to to partner with your local places and, and really get to know the people so that, you know, if, if you get in a pickle, you can call on them. And, yeah. yeah, no, it's amazing. But just going back. So the, the, um, the dispatch lady whose name I've already forgotten. If there's Michaela. a, Michaela, if, if there's a problem with stock availability, does she go back to the she, customer? She goes, she... she goes, no, she, she just lets uh, Haley handle it. So Haley's our, yeah. Haley's basically our point person. So yeah, we wouldn't have a second person call the customer. Good. Yeah. I wanted to know that because the, yeah. the relationship with the customer is always through sales, right? And yeah, it's always through sales. Disorient yeah. a customer by, by giving them another person. Okay. That that's helpful to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going back to your order, I mean, it, it's, I just love what I'm yeah, hearing already. Cool. I'm so yeah, excited. Um, yeah. But to go back to your auto reclaim and um, yeah. washout system, I didn't realize they did washout as well. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, the impros the impro does both. Yeah. You 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 basically turn a couple knobs, and so, obviously you set the pressure. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, Jason, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, pay attention. It, it was Jason, yeah. wasn't it? It yeah. was very, yeah, it's Jason Goodman, right? Yeah. Oh, got to learn stuff. Um, was there a lot of, like, obviously that needs a big water feed, but does that run on compressed air, fully fully electric? Actually, yeah, what's crazy is that there's no air. Um, and honestly, I was very concerned with, um, you know, like the hookups because we got it from 
a local distributor, um, Blue Ridge Screen Products. And uh, Aaron's, Aaron's very knowledgeable, but he's like, hey, I'm getting this from, you know, overseas. They say it's plug and play. And so we had to go to CoreChem, which is the distributor here, and kind of get their opinion on it. And they were like, well, you need a garden hose hookup. And I'm like, well, I got that. That's easy. I can do a garden hose. Well, you need a, you need two of them because you need to, uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. I used to be in engineering for 22 years. So you, you basically have like a check valve system. So you've got to overcome the, the check valve in order to have that flow right. So you, one's just kind of a redundant hose line that doesn't really feed the system. It just feeds the check valve. And then the okay. other one feeds the system. And so, um, so yeah, and so he's like, I was like, well, all right, cool. It doesn't take much water, but how much does it drain? You know, and that was the concern. Mm. Getting the drain, where is it going to drain back to? Mm. We have a filter system underneath our washout unit that we use. Um, and so I was like, I'll just drain back into the filter system and and pump it out. But that filter system, you know. We just really, it was an unknown how fast that was going to exit out of the, the yeah. machine. Um, and really, it's only 240 volt electric, which I don't know what that is in European standards, but yeah. yeah. So um, three phase, 240, 220, two, whatever it is. And, uh, and that was like, that, you know, that was easy. That's easy to run for the electrical. So we had the electrical there. We had the water there. We ran, the machine, the sales guy came out from core cam or the installer came from core cam. He's also in sales. Barry, he came and, uh, walked us through the system and, and it was great. And we, we started running the machine like, you know, screens through. And then all of a sudden the filter system overflowed, and flooded the flooded everything. <laughs> so we had to go, uh Oh, you know, back to the drawing board, but it was just really just, that's where I said, we need a, a workflow. We need to, we need to multitask. And, yeah. uh, and so don't, don't just sit there and burn 20 screens and try to do them all one time. Mm -hmm. Let's let that filter system kind of, you know, raise up, lower down. And so, um, yeah, so no air, no required, uh, standard electrical, and just a garden hose, but just, I split it. I just took a standard garden hose and split it into two. I wondered how you done it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah. And, uh, it works like a charm. Yeah. How did you I, resolve I it, the, the overflow issue you had? Through pump, yeah. I have to get a bigger pump. I, I haven't gotten one yet. So he's oh, only allowed to, to do, yeah. he's only allowed to do three reclaim screens at a time. Yeah. Um, like, with and then take a break and untape screens or something gotcha. for a couple of minutes so that it drains down and then then go back to reclaim do three more then untape three more then untape which is fine it doesn't take long for it to drain yeah um but it just has to it, it has to have a receptacle to go into yeah gotcha um, to catch it and to actually to start catch it yeah so you just need a bigger bore pump or, or a pump to exit it into yeah the, does it go into the sewage system yeah it does but it's it's it goes through um the filter system yep and i've actually had the local um water place in twice now 
testing my testing my water to make sure that I wasn't dumping chemicals into the yeah. and it, you're not it's it's basically colored water at that point it's parts per billionth in chemical to water ratio or something so it's uh they checked the pH on it and they were like there's better there's there's worse drinking water than this so you know it's, <laughs> so <laughs> So, um, did you build that yourself, the filtration system, or is that? No, it's uh, CCI. CCI. Okay. CCI, Chemical Consultant, something or other. Yeah, they're out of Canada. Um, I got it through um, Action, maybe Action Engineering or something local yeah. Um, yeah. to try to. I, I bought the washout booth and the the filter system together. As a single kind of unit. Or two yeah, units it's I mean it's two units you just stick them you combine them together yeah but it was you know when I first got started I had made my own you know yeah and I know I did, yeah so and then I you know you start to get going and I'm like all right well what what's it what do we need to improve so definitely the washout booth it's leaking all over everything you know yeah so we just went out and bought one yeah sometimes you know I mean I, I want to hear your story in a second about how you got going but so many people and like us you know start building stuff yourself i mean you're obviously an engineer so you're a whole heap better at that than someone that studied philosophy um <laughs> but there studied? is that thing you know that question that comes up right okay this is working kind of well it's leaking let's say if it's a water-based thing but we yeah. really need to make the jump now and actually buy a professional thing. And I think that's where everything starts to change, you know, from the flash end of things to the oven, ultimately to a press, but everything in between, like washing out. And I can only dream of things like auto auto reclaimers. I mean, that that's, uh, you know, and I, I, we, we've yeah, got a scenario. Yeah, it's one of those things where, it's Go one ahead. of those things where, like you said, I, I said that too, I can only dream about it. But you can, if you've got, if you want to grow, if you want to, you know, like if you want to free up other people's time and have time to do other things, like you almost have to just do it mm. in order for mm. those other things to happen. So, mm. yeah, I, 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 I know that I, I hear people talk themselves out of it all the time. And I'm like, I talk myself out of it all the time. I wouldn't go back, Yeah, right. you know. So, but go ahead. I'm sorry, that's, I didn't mean yeah, to cut you off. No good. Uh, in that in that kind of division, if you will, of our little business, we um, it's still kind of separate in the sense that one person does the um, burning a screen, so they take the artwork to to press, you know, take the screen to press, if you will. Mm -hmm. So they do everything in there, and reclamation is a separate unit, usually with two guys untaping um yeah removing the removing the ink dip tanking and then obviously yeah. blowing out for us and then uh, drying exact same kind of model that you're describing our drying sounded a lot quicker than yours um which is is interesting you're good to find out why um and then recoding which we're still doing manually and there's one guy at recoats apart from myself and i i don't do that anymore but if he's not there i can do it yeah. So an order recoder sounds sounds good too. Oh, um, oh my gosh, it's cheap. I mean, honestly, for what you're paying for the uh, try to brighten my light here. 
um, what you're paying for the reclaim is three times as much as the coder. The coder is like 15 grand, yeah. like $15,000. It's not, it's compared to training somebody to scoop, which yeah. is me. That's yeah, me right, right now. Yeah. Right. And so like, I'll have to train somebody and they're terrible at it. And because I was terrible at it for forever. Right. And so, you, you know, if I can free myself up from the, that, what's crazy is that, that auto coder is so perfect that my entire process has gotten better because the screens are way, they're coded evenly exactly. and perfectly. Consistent. Yeah. The EOM and all that is perfect. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you actually use less emulsion. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, it's cause everything is precise, you know? And you just so, on that, your coder is that, so that's got the coder on both sides. How many yep. does it do at once? Does it do one or two screens? So it does one. And I, I had considered doing two, but literally it doesn't take, but a minute to do one screen. So, yeah, okay. I mean, so, I don't, I didn't see it necessary. Like maybe if I had, if I was doing 60 screens a day, I'd get two, but you know, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Not yet, but yeah, it's cheap. cheap. Anatol has one. Um, Grunig has one. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, I'm sure all of them do, but yeah. those are the two popular ones that um, here. And so uh, with Lotus, our scenario, we'll have two guys that reclaim who, I guess, buddy up and, and, and we use other staff to take the ink out. Cause it's like, you know, we've all been there. We've all grown perhaps in that way, I guess. And, um, oh, you know, you're on cleaning screens today. Oh, really? You know, yeah. and recently, <laughs> I mean, a shout yeah. out to one of our guys, Cena, who's been with us a good while um seen a muscles really he does a bit of everything um he yeah. can run a press as well um but he's the coder and so recently i said to him you know we're really thinking of, of building the the whole screen area just as a as a business unit there that you could take on you know and you could manage and you know he does that at, at the drying end and the recoding end and he just yeah. marks it up on the whiteboard this is how many are in and dried and uncoated you know, by, by screen mesh count. And these are the ones that are coded and so on. So we can always look at it. We'll do 30 screens a day, sometimes 50 yeah. for a lot of color work. Yeah. Um, sometimes 20, sometimes a bit less maybe. Um, so I said to him, hey, you know, how do you feel about, you know, taking this on? You can have a whole area to yourself. And yeah. honestly, I thought he was going to walk out, you know, like, no, don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's horrible. But yeah, yeah. maybe the- Well, um, Jason, Jason was the same way, you know, like, he was and he was just a shop guy. He was just doing, you know, pulling, loading, stacking. He wasn't even loading. He was just pulling and stacking and counting. Um, but he was also a talker. He talked, you know. <laughs> and and there was another guy that was doing uh, our reclaim, and he um, he unfortunately um, was. He was a yeah. He had he had some personal issues and uh, couldn't make it to work and uh, has since passed away. So that was it's really sad, you know, that his his life went down the drain that quick. Um, so unfortunately, 
everybody kind of saw the writing on the wall with him that he was just living a bad lifestyle. I'll just put it that way. And, uh, and, uh, so, um, yeah, so we had to let him go. And, and so in the process of like, I was like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta replace this guy. And nobody wants to, nobody wants to reclaim just like your guy. Right. Nobody wants to do it. But I said, Hey, listen, when I chant, like you stepped in when he left and I told you I was going to hire somebody else. So all you had to do was do this for a little bit. And then, you know, but I need you to do it the best you can ever do it. And he would just knock it out of the park every day. And he he enjoyed the challenge. And I was like, listen, you love the challenge. It seems like you really love the challenge. So I'm going to, I'm going to do another challenge with you. I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you to, to run the screen room, the entire screen room. So reclaim, coding, all of that, you know, burning, or, you know, exposing, um, all of it. I want you to be the manager of that department. Yeah. And, uh, and because, uh, because I'm calling you that manager, I'm going to give you a raise on top of that. Yeah. And yeah. so like, and I go, and then also, I'm going to get you an auto coder and an auto reclaim. So I'm going to get you machines to do it for you. Yeah. And he was like, I'm in, yeah, you know? Right. Okay. How long and did so, it like, take to get from took, the manual? It's what, What's actually cool is those, the, the Grunig, the auto coder was in stock in the States. I got that in, in 14 days, less than 14 days. Right. So I, that didn't take long at all. And that's so easy. I mean, literally, you just stick the screen in, pull the pull the lever down, and and push start, and it does it. And then he just takes the screen out, sticks it in the rack, sticks another screen in, pushes start. That's it. Yeah, that's and amazing. uh, and so he just then, does he have to clean the ink out first, or is that like obviously? Oh he has well, to take no. The, so he'll the residue. Yeah, out. I mean, when when the thing comes, when the screens are, that's com- that's completely clean screens. Yeah, uh, I'm saying coder, the auto coder. The auto reclaim, so, yeah, yeah, he's got to, yeah, he's got to take the screens, take the tape off. Um, if there's any link, ink left over, usually our printers will clean the ink out of the screens yeah. when they're done, yeah. you know, put it back in the bucket. Um, so he, usually he's just taking tape off and, um, and then he'll, he has cleanup cards there. So he'll scrape any big chunks off that are left over, throw it in the garbage and then sticks them in the dip tank. Okay. And the dip tank, the dip tank has the chemical on it to kind of, you know, start the process. And then we stick that dip tank, that, that actual screen from the dip tank now into the auto reclaim. Yeah. And then that just does all the rest, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, and then, yeah, so it's literally only the auto reclaim is only water. It's no, we're not running like any chemical you know, e- easy way through there or anything you know yep. so um using your dip tank easy easy way i use um i use core chem products um so like the bios uh, whatever it is there's there's different different products for each thing but um i think there's yep. bio 7 bio 4 whatever cp something yeah um but yeah the cp is the one i think for the dip tank um, which is it, it's it basically is easy way 704 yeah uh, which is their part the the really good stuff yeah um, okay it's basically the same thing yeah um 
but yeah so and that, that only takes you know him he'll stick three screens in at a time into the dip tank because it's a pretty big one yeah yeah and uh but yeah that's he so he'll he does that too so again it's just he does that all of that but he's doesn't do it all the time and he's very he's very mobile so he's not doing one thing all the time like so he's kind of stimulated to stay busy yeah and uh that's key i mean so i don't know if you can tell i mean i've got white floors white walls yeah um, embarrassing um yeah it is looks like yeah. a showroom yeah well it's on purpose so like my goal as a business owner is to get employees excited about working here yeah. and so like i try to create that atmosphere where like yeah i'm gonna pay you i'm gonna we're gonna have fun but we still got to get the work done yeah. you know um we're gonna have the cleanest shop in the in the industry we still got to get the work done and you're yeah. gonna have to clean it you know so are you do you feel pride and you know i want you to feel prideful in where you work and what you do in, in the environment um i'm trying to build a culture of mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. excitement and and we bring people in on tours so we'll we use it as a showroom we bring yeah right. um tours that we had uh anatol's open house here nice. yeah, yeah. Um, in february so you know we got free marketing from them and ended up uh i had 90 97 sh people show up from all around the country and and actually mm -hmm. from other countries i had a guy from japan wow. had uh yeah, I had Nobi from Japan. I had uh, some people from Texas, some people from all over the East Coast. People drove from Mississippi, Tennessee, yeah, right. um, to come see the shop. And then, and I've, yeah, the white floors helped, right? But um, yeah, Anatol actually nicknamed me. You can see the banner in the background over there, the the print yeah. lab. So they named. They said it's like a laboratory instead of a a print shop, print you know. Shop. <laughs> so, so, oh, but but. But it's you do that kind of thing to try to, you know, raise raise the morale. We have dogs here, so nice. customers love the dogs. The employees love the dogs. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where we're trying to make it a cool environment. And I think uh, that's really key because I mean, at the end of the day, particularly obviously when it's warm, it is a sweatshop. Not not in the pejorative sense, you know. No, we're the but ones it is. That are, are making yeah. it happen and it's hot and it's tiring and it's repetitive and you know it can yeah. be bad on the back and that the arms and you know whatever yeah. um so to make it an interesting fun place to work we have a motto and it's simply a clean shop is a clean shirt that doesn't always yeah. work of course um but yeah. i have seen uh your instagram channel and looked at okay. it and gone what you've got that really nice <laughs> enameled floor which is is better than yeah. concrete is this your yeah. own shop or do you lease the shop or rent the shop or... i lease it i lease it i probably should buy one i um that's probably our next step is buying something yeah. um because we just kind of you know we went we went we grew quickly and in fact the anatol thing really grew us even more so i'd highly recommend it if you ever get the opportunity there in australia to have something at your shop just do it because it's it's insane like the the marketing side of things how that you know puts you out there yeah yeah we've been we're in conversation with them at the moment with juan yeah. and um we think yeah. it, it was planned we we're planning an open house here but 
we're a little bit out of the way and Australia yeah. is is huge. I don't know if it's quite as big, you know, in terms of square miles as the US. It's probably not far off, but there's next to yeah. nobody here in comparison. So we've yeah. got an airport, we have regular commercial flights, but yeah. it's a small town to fly into. So I think the plan with that is actually to move it to a bigger um, in fact, to, to the to the reseller for Anatole in Sydney, yeah, which yeah. is an hour's flight. So pretty excited. Would about you that. go there? Would you oh, go yeah, there yeah. and print? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. We'll yeah, that's the that's the key. Juan's great. I love Juan. Yeah, yeah like he's, he 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 actually flew from Colombia to come to our. I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's down to come here. You know, he, yeah. he's, he's keen for yeah. that. So now I've got a lot well, of time for Juan. He's 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 fantastic. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's the the language barrier. Sometimes he he'll, uh, he'll he won't get my jokes, but he's uh, yeah. but I, but I, he's I great. won't get him either, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go back to ground zero for you. Um, sure. You mentioned you're a mechanical engineer. I think it was. Yeah. Um, how did you end up in screen printing? How did this happen? Yeah. Um, well. Uh, yeah, it was so. You know, you went to school for engineering. Um, my wife was a nurse, um, raising a family, had a good had good salary, good you know, good vacation, four weeks vacation or whatever you know, and just had it kind of where I was. I was had it made a little bit, you know, like, but I was not happy, yeah. and uh, and I was coaching football, um, American football, and I was just. I was like, you know what? I had so much fun coaching football. Maybe I'll try to get into coaching or maybe I'll write a coaching book or maybe I'll, you know, I was just trying to find something different. Can I stop so you like, there? Because I know, because I've got a history on this from you yeah, a bit. Yeah. Tell me about that coaching story because it was the Carolina Crusaders, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So my son played for him, right? And so he, I was just the dad with the with the camera. Yeah, I just wanted to take pictures. I'll I'll go to practice. I never coached football before, and so just so happened they were like, "Well, we need some help. Can you at least stand on the sideline?" I said, "Why don't like I love watching football? I you know I could tell you all the things, but I've never coached it with kids. To I've coached other sports with kids, not football. So and they're like, "Well, great, but you can look for certain things for us. Yes, I can do that. So I started helping helping the head coach." And what I, what I ended up being more of was a controller for like basically saying, Hey, don't lose your temper <laughs> to the head yeah. coach. And I would pull him away from losing his temper with the referees or something, you know, like, yeah, and right. I would, I would tell him, but he was just like one of these high strung guys that like, he would just get so upset. And I was like, I was just calm, you know, I was always calm. And so like the guy was like, he's like, at the end of the season, I'm done. The team is yours if you want it. And this was the JV t junior varsity team. And my son played and they had zero wins. So like they never won a game. They didn't even get close to winning a game. Right. Wow, okay. And so my, it was my kid, you know, and I was like, I went to the head coach who was on the varsity team. And I said, Hey, you know, he's leaving. He said, the team is mine. If I want it, I know you guys need a coach. I've never done this. If I'm going to do it, you need to teach me how to do it. Like you, we need to work together. So we ended up meeting in the off season and he, he basically ran me through the entire offense 
and defense. And, and he goes, you're just going to have a bunch of dads. You don't, we don't have the money to hire coaches or anything. So it was just a bunch of dads. It was little league, you know, little small kids, Thir- yeah. not small kids. It was like middle school here. It's like 13 year olds, 12, 13, 14 year olds. And uh, so I said, all right, cool. So, um, so I did it. And so we started off the first of the year and I never coached a game in my life. And we get to the first game and I'm just running the plays that they had last year. And I'm just picking them off of a sheet of paper. I'm like, let's go this way with this one. Let's go this way with this one. Let's try throwing the ball. Let's do this. Well, we ended up going into overtime and won the game in overtime. In fact, the very first play from scrimmage, I ran a play and my running back took off and scored a touchdown on the very first play. And I turned to my, one of the dads and I go, Hey, that was easy. You know, I was just joking around. <laughs> right. And uh, well, anyways, we ended up going um, undefeated all the way till um, we went nine games. We won nine games in a row. Wow. We'd never won a game the year before. Won nine games in a row with the same exact offense and everything just did more players. We had more players and a different attitude. Mm. So the motivation was different. Right. Mm. And so that culture is what I, Oh, Hey, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the talent. It wasn't necessarily the system. It was the culture. Yeah. The culture, the team culture changed. They actually enjoyed them. So they had fun. And so, um, so we ended up taking that and we lost one game. We lost it on the final play of the game. The guy ran back a kickoff, ran it right back to it, right. You know, all the way in for a touchdown. So we lost that game, but then we went into the playoffs and won the championship. So we were 14 and one with the first championship ever for, for that team in the first season I've ever coached football. So I was like, Hey, this is fun. I, I think I'm pretty good at it. And, and we ended up going to, I coached eight more, well, seven more years. So I coached eight years total, went to three or four championships. And, wow. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, so turnaround. I lived, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it was, that was fun. And I was into it, you know, and the culture side, I ended up teaching, like I ended up going in and, and running little clinics on culture for the other teams, mm-hmm. like, and just their head coaches and saying, Hey, you know, culture defeat strategy it doesn't matter how good your players are it doesn't matter if you can get their mindset right they'll lay down in traffic for you you'll you'll you know you can accomplish anything right um and so that's the way i approach business too right so um so yeah so i was thinking i was going to coach and then um my son said hey i want to do this clothing line and I was like, all right, I can do the clothing line. Um, I can help you. I know a bunch of screen printers from the football team. You know, the football team bought shirts all the time. Yeah. And I had a little bit of an art background. I, I love doing art. So I would do, I, I taught myself Adobe Illustrator. I taught, I did video. So I did graphics. Um, I did uh, After Effects and then, you know, use the Adobe products for that. So yeah. I kind of learned Photoshop and Illustrator along the way. And he goes, you know what? You ca- I can't make any money if I have a printer because they take all the money, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I have to sell the shirts for way more. And I, I don't think I can sell them for that much. So I was like, well, I'm an engineer. We can figure this out. Let's build a press. Uh, yeah. So we actually, <laughs> we built the press. Yeah. How did we scrap lumber? We built the press and uh, 
I designed um, some of it. I got the plans off of Pinterest. I tried to improve them. Um, bought some a lazy Susan off of Amazon. Yep. Put together the press and made a. I made a four color press in my garage with scrap lumber in about two weeks. Wow. And uh, did it hold registration out of interest? No. No. <laughs> no. Well, that's the same as, as no. most four color presses. Yeah, it was four. Oh, yeah, nice. and uh, and I made my own screens because I didn't do an, I didn't do a lot of research, so I just, all I learned was like DIY everything right so so it we printed shirts on that thing for about a good solid month um dried the shirts in my wife's oven i guess it's in my oven too but um but she, yeah she was like we gotta you gotta figure out how to do this differently this is terrible and so i went and took a class i took a day off of work and went and took a class at a local screen print um supplier and came home with a seven thousand dollar startup system for uh right because they sold me on it right yeah, that's, and that's so it. i had a yeah. i had a four color vastex with a little d100 mini dryer and yeah. a uh, flash and uh i bought the exposure unit it was like an e100 exposure unit. I bought, it was like a full kit right and uh we set that thing up in a spare bedroom and it was just my kid was like freaking out because he's like but, i gave you like I can give you 500 bucks. That's it. Like you spent 7,000. I'm like, well, you pay it back. We'll print some shirts for some people, you know? And we started printing shirts and our, um, our four third or fourth order was at a guy from church say, Hey, can you print, um, shirts for founders, which is a local federal credit union here. And, uh, which is a bank. And this, and I said, sure. How many? And he said, um, anywhere from three to 6,000. Okay. And I'm like, what's it for? And he goes, well, we have a, we got the naming rights to a baseball stadium locally and we want to give opening day shirt giveaway. Um, so it was the university of South Carolina, which is a major, you know, baseball team. Yeah. So I'm like fourth order. I'm like, I can do it, you know? And, and so <laughs> manual, right. So literally I, I, I got the job. It was a 30, uh, no, it was back then. I think it was like, uh, ended up being like a $19,000 job or something. And, uh, and I went and found a local printer and contracted to him. So the, the local printer printed the shirts for me and I still walked away with a $9,000 profit and I paid off my equipment in the fourth job. Yeah. So, so then I was like, this like, this is an what, do I want to sit at my, do I want to sit in, at my desk and just twiddle my thumbs and wait for, you know, cause it's engineering cyclical, it's up and down. It's just like okay. screen for every, the business is people spend money. They don't spend money, you know? And I was in the packaging industry. So I was, I was basically wrapping candy bars. I was making the machines that wrapped candy bars. So flow wrappers and stacker or, you know, product pickers and boxing units and packaging units. So, um, yeah. So we ended up doing the screen printing thing as a side hustle for six months. And I would go to, I would work and then I get home and we'd print till midnight and then I do it all again the next day. And I said, finally, I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to quit my job and do this full time. She's like, you're nuts, <laughs> you know? 
And she's like, you cannot let the little business bank account get below $5,000. It's our running joke, right? She's like, you can't let that bank get below $5,000. She's like, that, that cushion at least gets us, um, you know, rent and um, utilities for maybe a month and a half so that you can find a real job again. You know, I said, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just go be an engineer again, you know? And, uh, and then the funny thing was, is she's like, we'll order once a week and we'll do, and it'll be every Monday and we'll, we'll try to save and blah. And I was like, all right, cool. And by, I mean, after I paid off the equipment and everything, like, um, that money came in and I was able to use it to build the business a little bit more. And, and we started just getting a good reputation and, um, I moved out of the house three months later into uh, my first unit, 500 square feet. I only lasted three months in that before I had to double wow. to a thousand square feet. I, I struggled in a thousand square feet. Um, I stayed in it because of COVID hit, okay. but I was growing. So COVID hit and I stayed in it, but I was wanting to get out of it. Cause I was just like, it was too small because mm -hmm. I bought the Anatol at that point, the, the auto. Wow. Hang on a sec. Whoa. So <laughs> let me get this timing right. Cause you said earlier you grew fast. It sounds yeah. extremely fast. When, are yeah. we when did you, when did your son start his clothing line? Clothing line. His clothing line was in 2016. Okay. By 2017, I was moved out and had a, a screen printing, um, screen printing, local screen printing company, basically. Rock Hill running on printing. the Vastex kit. The rent running on the Vastex kit. I was doing water based. Oh, um, right. try to be to try to be different, right? <laughs> and uh, and then and then yeah. So the word of mouth, like word of mouth, grew really quick, and I kept on getting the same founders job every year. So that was nice. So I knew that I would have like a a nice little chunk, right? But yeah, yeah I grew from. I grew in literally in one year. So if, if I go from March 20 or so March, 2017 is when I had my LLC. And so the following March, I was already in, I had already been in three locations. So I was on my third location. Um, <laughs> just trying to automatic press grow. at that point. I got the automatic the press immediately in 20, yeah, 20, 2018. I got the first auto. Wow. And so and the girl, I ended up hiring a girl to Haley, which is now my sales girl. Um, eventually hired her to help me. Um, and then my wife was still being a nurse. So then she, so we got to the point where she would come in and work a few days a week. And we got embroidery and started doing other stuff, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it took... When by the time COVID hit, well, that was 2020. So that's three years. Yeah. I was probably three years. I was probably doing, yeah. I don't know. I was, I was doing pretty well. Um, I was basically in, I'm not bragging. This is just how it just happened. Cool. We just happened to be in a good area. It's, it's, um, we literally doubled the business every year um, from the previous year, right? Uh, it just seemed like that was the trend and COVID hit and, you know, obviously everything fell off 
And so yep. Simon Sinek says, you know, adapt or die, yep. you know, and, and so I adapted and I went to hundred percent online stores for COVID and yep. I pushed it, pushed it as a fundraiser for, yep. for local businesses. So buy a shirt from your local business to keep them afloat. And I basically did a, a swap, a 10 for 10, basically you pay $10, $20, $10 goes to them, $10 goes to me, you get a free, you get a shirt. Yeah. Right. Nice. And so I would just keep my employees employed while I did that. I ran, I ended up doing three rounds of that and ended up getting interviewed by uh, order my gear for their magazine or some further blog or something about the success of that. Mm. And so that success actually carried me through like the three hard months of COVID and then, and then it just like all of a sudden the floodgates opened back up again. And the only problem we had was, um, sourcing the materials mm. and, um, and we did a charity shirt and we ended up getting a contract from a local, um, um, big church organization, global church organization, Samaritan's Purse. Oh yeah. Um, Samaritan's Purse. So, yeah. So we started doing some stuff for them, which grew us even more. And I had to move. And so we moved into 1700 square feet, which is where we're at now. Yeah. And that was just one unit. And my neighbors ended up moving out and that freed up another 4,000 square foot. So now I've got about 5,700 square foot. Believe me. And so I bought a second auto. Um, and then again. You know. So I've got, yeah, I've got two Anatole. I've got a 14, 12, uh, 14 station, 12 color Anatol auto, the new one, that's where they had the show. They had the, they kind of showcased that. And then I've got the seven, eight, um, smaller yep. Anatol. Yep. And then I've got the, I've got an Anatol thunder, um, manual. manual. Yep. And I sold the Vastex to yep. a local printer and, uh, yep. but I have some Vastex dryers still. So um, you're using the infrared dryers with Vastex? Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm considering getting gas. Okay, um, is that, that just seems to be the natural pro progression? Yeah, it's. I'm running all electric. I have a full electrical shop, right? So, yeah, okay. um, so it's not. It's not bad. On, I'm not. I'm not complaining because it's. It's actually really efficient. Um, I'm not paying a, a terrible electrical bill, uh, but I think that a conveyor dryer for the. Uh, I think that a gas conveyor dryer is more efficient and I would right. love to get one with split belts. Yeah. So, yeah, I know those ones, the super yeah. long ones as well. Yeah. Are you still printing with water base? You must be printing Plastisol now. I'm um, Plastisol. Yeah. I moved to Plastisol when I moved that second time. Uh, it's just water base was hard to do um, yeah. on an auto. Yeah. Uh, it's just by the time you got setups and everything, but now they've got the registration systems. I mean, you can dial it in pretty good so I can, we're actually going to uh, water base camp at made labs in July yeah. to kind of, to try to see um, how to get back into it from the experts. Cause there's, there's definitely benefit in having discharge at least, you know, mm -hmm. um, but the chemicals are completely different now. I mean, mm -hmm. literally in, in three years, you know, it's different. So mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so, are you um, meaning plasticizers are heat better, or that you know, the chemicals are changed in water based? So the chemicals, the water based chemicals are trained. So usually the problem I had with water based was that you would, where it's so warm here, right? It's the south, so um, and the humidity is not that great, and it's just it's it was always fluctuating. So it was just like, you know, I get the I get the ink in the screen. And by the time I get to the fourth color to register it, the first color would be completely dry, you right know, in the mesh. Yeah. In the mesh. So I, now they have the Anatols got the, you know, the registration system so that I can pre-register, get them on press, basically get them dialed into where it's almost perfect, you know, with just the jig. And yeah. then go back and put the ink in there, do a test print, and just do some small micros, and then I'm rolling. You yeah, know, okay. because once you get going, you can't stop. Yeah. And you know, with it, with the, with the water base. So. Yeah. Do you find you so get that's why of, I kind of shied away from it. You know. Do you find you get a lot of customers differentiate? Like, we'd want this. You know, do they ask for a water base print. Are they not too worried? It's an yeah. upsell. No, yeah. they don't. They don't okay. know. Customers really don't know. Unless you educate them. Sure. So you'd actually use that as an upsell. Would you like to yeah. go to Waterbase? It's much smoother or, you know. Yeah, have the, have the sales extra. girl show them. Yeah, have, have them show them the hand. Same with the AS color. Yeah. Here's, right. you know, in the soft shirts, I'll just hand them the shirt and say, hey, here's what, here's what your wife's going to wear to want to wear to bed. Yeah. And, yeah. and then so they, they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. She does. She likes comfortable shirts wearing to bed. I'm like, now imagine you know, she's wearing that shirt and she doesn't care what logo's on it. And why yeah. is she wearing it? And she's in these, she goes, was because it's so comfortable. And I'm like, yeah. so won't yeah. you want, don't you want that shirt to be like, so that if your logo's on it, they're going to wear it anyways, yeah. you know? So then they're like, wow, that's smart yeah. marketing, you know? And it's the truth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we find that, uh, I mean, the, the upsell, like I said, 90 plus percent, of what we do is one of my colleagues coming in um sorry that's okay um would be as color so we don't generally yeah. need to upsell this is my daughter coming in she's my business partner here don't know if you want to say hello generally quite shy hello this is, this is jeremy Hi. In, uh, hello lydia in, uh, how are you charlotte yeah so uh, your family work. business we're family business yeah this yeah, is all so mine my son my son works for me so still same guy we're, we're going to trade stories as parents and how to get it working <laughs> um nice meeting you so um where were we which yeah so uh ace color isn't an upsell the, the for upsell. us yeah. yeah but i get that entirely when someone comes in here particularly on hoodies i mean the, the staple tea classic tea you know, I don't know people like Bella Canvas and some of the brands you'd be working with there, but for us, they're just so far ahead in terms of the quality of garment. The yeah. the finish, the print on a staple tee is just just gold. Um, yeah. But also, people want to know about hoodies. You know, what what hoodie should we go for? Well, that's pretty easy sell. You know, you got one over here. It's fifty fifty poly cotton. You got one over here. It's twenty eighty. You know, it's going mm -hmm. to be warmer. It doesn't peel, and so on. Um, yeah. So we're definitely upselling that. But that's that's interesting. Do you have walk-ins? Do you have like people coming no. in that use showroom, like showroom no, it? Or? We do. Yeah. I mean, we're national, so our business was built, yeah. um, interestingly, around 
um, church connections yeah. and that church market, uh, which we, I'd say we still do 40% of our businesses with that market. Um, but that became national really quickly for us because we're in a real small town. There's only 26,000 people here. There's the University of New England. We're in a region known as New England. Um, mm -hmm. So the University of New England here. Um, so we do get a bit of business from them, but we did zero advertising locally. It's yeah. picking up that. There were two other screen printers around, uh, both of which have pretty much gone. One of them sold out to another company that is struggling to, it seems, to really get going. Um, and we're trying to help them a bit. So we picked up all their business, basically. But yeah. prior to that, we've had a very quick growth as well. doesn't sound as quite as dynamic as yours. Um, yeah. But uh, we're national. Well, and so we yeah, don't get and a lot of walk-ins. You so. said it's the church business side of things. That helps considerably. I mean, because the mindset, you know, let's help each other. Let's, yes. you know, relationships are the most important thing anyway. So, um, yep. so yeah, that's, that tends to be, that's, that's your sales force, you know, it's that yeah. word of mouth, right? Yeah. Correct. And, you know, pastors move from church to church and youth pastors move and they get mm -hmm. recommendations and, and we just love serving that, that uh, market, yeah. you know, that's uh, yeah. we serve the church. But obviously um, ministries, ministry shirts, right? Is that yeah yeah maybe, it's a kind of it's a for us it's a, a funny one because we're we're print custom shirts we print my t-shirts we're ministry shirts and with the ministry of shirts the last one tends to be the the general tag uh, and that's run that's as cool. one company yeah so we, we had a multi-branded strategy initially which was really stupid um yeah so the <laughs> churches the churches get that concept of ministry shirts um, but I think the Ministry of Shirts is understood, hopefully, in the other markets. Um, yeah, but sense. yeah, like all businesses, we want to be known for for customer care, really. Um, yeah. We started with Waterbase. I mean, look, I won't go into our story, but you know, it's for another time, really. Ah, uh, we we started by accident in a way, but I knew nothing, zero, absolute zero, yeah. and there are no yeah. places you can go to here and train. Um, not that I'm aware of. And so we just, I didn't even know there was a thing called plaster. So I just thought there was all this water-based stuff and man, right. a little, little bit ski like ball, you. right? Yeah, yeah. right. And, and the, little, and the online bit, stuff. Like you, we, we live in a place that's very arid. And um, I, yeah, I think I, I had my first color job, which is a two color job without an underbase. It, you know the the colors weren't even close to each other there was perfect separation between them <laughs> i just couldn't get it and i went yeah. to bed that night and said to my wife look you know this is a really bad idea i think i'll find another hobby you know and the next morning i just persevered and eventually we got there but um when we moved to plastisol i then started to hear about plastisol and thought yeah it sounds really tricky you know i don't yeah. you know much more sophisticated and eventually we thought, well, we'll just give that a go. And we were like, whoa, why didn't we start with this stuff? This is, is gold. Yeah. So we tend not yeah. to try and upsell and or drive customers. Occasionally we'll have one that says, oh, you know, I want I want water-based for ecological reasons, but and we try and steer clear of it. But you'll yeah. you'll do it as well. You'll do both, but you prefer plastic yeah. salt. Uh yeah. The only reason we would do um water-based anything right now is like 
so we had an automotive shop said that the the prints were um they were so thick that that you know the guys the shop guys were sweating and they were forced by their company to use that logo and it was a massive logo you know and i was like you know like how can we get around it being so heavy mm. you know it's like a stop sign on the back of the shirt you know almost like <laughs> so it's just this big sweat patch on the back of them you know it's just constantly sweating so working in automotive so i said well we could discharge it you know and so we would discharge them and we discharged the entire design and they absolutely loved it so that would be a repeat customer yeah um that automotive so we did the discharge side of things there but like the first when i first got into water base it was just because like everybody in my area was plastisol i was just trying to be different you know um so it, it really wasn't i was just like finding your niche you know and so, but I quickly got away from that once, you know, you start to do business and you're like struggling and like, well, let's just go, let's go to Plastithol and not struggle, you know? Yeah. So that's what we did. But, you know, I've now, I mean, now getting back into like the business side of things now, like a lot of the people I've met in the industry are all back on water base again. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, there's something to that. Let's, let's do some research and see if that's for us. And so like, I, you know, I saw the water-based camp last year. I didn't go to it. I went to the print print hustlers instead, learned a lot from that. And I'm like, well, what's, you know, I'll just go to the, the water-based camp and learn some, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll walk away with knowledge mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and hopefully maybe get back into it. I still have all the stuff. You know, I've got Matsui, Matsui water-based stuff. So I still have all the, I just, it's probably got a terrible shelf life. So it's probably not, it's probably no good, but you know. But you got the mixing system as well. I got the mixing system and everything. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the Monarch now, the, the, the Plastisol company. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those guys are, so that's a local company to us too, in Charlotte, right out of Charlotte, but they're, they spent 15 years. They they're from, they were the digital printing side of things. So they they made ink for digital, like, um, you know, the direct to garment and all that. Those printers in the large format digital printers. They spent 15, 13, 15 years or something like that trying to develop the best plastisol ink. Wow! And I mean- so it's really good, like, and so like you'll see Dylan from Shirt Show uses it. Um, He's really into it. Uh, there's, it's kind of, it's like AS color. It's almost kind of growing its own little cult following here. Yeah. Okay. And I just, that just so happened to be local to me. And so I was like, I need to meet these guys. I need to, you know, and they when physically the came to the shop. Oh, they really? Printed. They came down. Yeah. They came yeah. down and printed the stuff for me. Like they were like, here, here's how it wasn't like, here's just, here's, here's our ink. We couldn't even get it through a distributor. We had to have we had to go direct through them. Okay. So like yeah. that's how small they were as far as you know. You couldn't just go to a a supply shop or order it even online. Yeah. Early on, so I communicated with them possibly last year, probably last year, about getting their rink here because you can't get it. I mean, you might find somebody flogging some of it here and there, yeah. um, but they don't they don't do it here and. I'd really love because I'm, I'm about 
where, where I'm at in the business, which is front line, my, my background is mm -hmm. business. And so I don't do the printing anymore. And it's probably the same for you. I'm much older, I think, than you. And my body can't take it. Apart from I'm 50. Oh, I'm okay. 50 years old. Oh, so. you're a young fella. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my mid 50s. So we're, we're pretty close. Okay. Well, you're not that much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know, I, I'm one, I'm really kind of, I'm going to say science, but the, I'm not a scientist or anything like that, but you know, I'm into the yeah. science of it. I want to know about sure. inks. I want to know, you know, about whether we should do discharge again or water base again. And, and I want to experiment with things. I want to talk about stampinator as well, because you use that, but we'll yeah. come on to that. Are you okay yeah. for time? You going okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'd like to speak to Monarch again and see if there's any way we can, can get their stuff here uh, on a regular kind of model. Well, I have a I have an in with them because they're my sponsor for the podcast. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, <laughs> so I actually they give me ink to give away. So I could I could ship you some. I don't know how well it's gonna, you know, <laughs> last in the shipping. I don't I, I I guess you can ship to Australia, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we ship stuff over. I've, yeah. I've got probably um they probably gave me about 25 uh quarts to give away so oh okay i can uh -huh. at least give you a quarter quarter white i could try to send you one yeah no that'll be really to work cool. out the details oh. yeah 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 we'll talk about that 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 sounds good um now let's jump back again so you've had this rapid growth you're in your third premises it's it's mm -hmm. huge by the sound of it i think you said four and a half thousand Square foot uh, 5,700 square feet. Yeah. Wow. Nearly 6,000. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I heard in the middle of that is your wife now uh, works full time with you. She's full time. Yeah. And your son as yeah. well. My son as well. Yeah. So we're family business. Yep. What age is your son? What kind of. Is My son is 24. And so does uh, this look like his career? Is he going to continue or. Yeah. He he's going to. He's basically going to be handed the business. Yes. Okay, yeah. Great. That's yeah, this is his for his to run with. And that's why I honestly got into the influencing side of things and put myself out there a little bit more because I wanted it to be cool for him. Yeah, right. You know, because, you know, so I want him to be like, so if we can create this cool little working atmosphere where he's excited about coming to it and he's excited on how well we're doing, then he's going to carry that on. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. he like he's he does some of the videos for the Stampinator now. So um so yeah he's he's talented he's going to start writing articles for graphics pro expo so he's we're you know you just kind of we start to put ourselves out there a little bit and those opportunities come up and so i'm like here you go bud you know so he's going and meeting the people that i'm meeting so nice. um, so yeah it works out so but and so um, how is yes, it uh, you know working my on wife's the, full time <laughs> working on the premise that she may not hear this podcast how is it working with your wife? <laughs> it's actually really good. It's uh, what's interesting is this is funny. Um, so she she was here earlier, and she uh, she came over and she's like, "I'm going home. I'm taking the dog and I'm going home." You know, <laughs> and I was like, "Are you upset?" She's like, "I'm just done and I'm going home." <laughs> and so I go, "All right, I'll see you tomorrow, sweetie." You know, and I was just joking around, and. Uh, you know, but that's just kind of like the relationship we have at work. We kind of separate business okay, from work, yeah. you know, and, and so yeah. um, she does her thing. I do my thing. 
Um, we we interact throughout the day, but we're not. We our desks aren't next to each other. You know, I'm in production. Actually, I have an office outside of production where it's right right outside my door. I just the lighting's better than here, and it's more interesting to look at that than it is in my wall. Um, but uh, I have a yeah. So and then her office is in the embroidery room. So okay. which is the the buildings are separated. There's two large. There's a big large bay, and then there's one separate. And that separate bay has embroidery up front, and um, and then the screen the screen room and shipping and receiving. Yeah. And then and then that's it. And then this has all the production. So in okay. um, my office and sales is right outside of production too. So the customer can actually look in the back and see the shirts being printed. So, so you asked earlier about us getting walk-ins and I was mentioning that we don't do that much. We're, we're sort of mostly online and national, but you, it sounds like you get a lot of walk-ins, but you're also national. You, d you deliver all over the U.S. I deliver all over the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. I have customers like regular customers in Alabama. Um, we do some contract work out of Texas. Um, yeah, we do some contract out of Illinois. We do, I mean, we're a little bit all over the place, you know, North and South Carolina. Um, but yeah, locally in Rock Hill, we, we, our focus is local biz, small businesses. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where we thrive. Yeah. I mean, you don't do too much contract. You just, because I'm terrified. Samaritans about... is the biggest. Samaritans is the biggest one. Okay. Yeah. So you're still going direct to customer in that anyway. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, we bid on jobs though for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. We bid. We still bid. We're we're in we're in a bidding competition kind of thing, but but um, yeah. Here's what it is. I, I um I I've partnered. I buddied up with a bunch of shops around me. So like. You say, you know, you, you, you said there's like two or two other screen printing shops near you. There's five in my little city okay. of Rock Hill and, uh -huh. and Rock Hill is very small. Um, it's probably as big as your city. So it's, it's similar in that it's just small there's, but there's, it's overloaded with screen printers. Right. Wow. So, but I have a completely different, like there's probably with that Charlotte area being right there, Charlotte's huge. Hmm. So I can. You know how many? I mean, if you think about how many plumbers there are in in the Charlotte metro area and Rock Hill mm. and surrounding smaller cities, mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably sixty plumbers in mm -hmm. just in that area, right? Yeah. If I get eight of them, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, to start to think of that, and I'm like, all of a sudden, we're no longer competition with each other. No, nobody needs sixty plumbers mm. in one shop, right? Mm. So like it's, so we, I'm, I became friends with most of the print shops around here. So like we'll, we have some of the same customers. They just go to them for different things mm. and we try not to be competition. We try to keep the business actually staying in Rock Hill. Yeah. Like, so that they're not going to, you know, custom ink or somewhere online and buying stuff and having it shipped across state line, you know? Yep. yep. So that's that's a good model um and i guess a lot of churches as well in charlotte right a lot of churches very yes a ton of churches yeah well we're in the bible belt yeah so d different denominations and everything yeah yeah a lot of i know it kind of works differently yeah there's a lot of baptists and presbyterian and 
Um, down south, there's not a lot of Catholics. Catholics are a, a northern, northern base. That's where I was from. Yeah. There's a ton of Catholic church up, churches up there. Um, but down south, there doesn't seem to be. It's more Presbyterian, Baptist, a ton yeah. of Baptist. Yeah, and, a lot um, of Reformed churches in the south. A lot of Reformed churches in the south, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I like the idea you mentioned about, you know, your son is ostensibly going to inherit the business. And yeah. I'm kind of hopeful uh, that will be the case with my daughter. We're not entirely sure. She's a she's a 50% partner. She, you know, she's a director. Yeah. Show, and um, it was set up that way. But we didn't really imagine, I don't think, that it would would turn into what it is so i do worry yeah. a little bit about that but strategically do you work on a big strategy in terms of where you want to get the business let's say in a year well or five yeah years? yeah and that's the thing it's like i have to so i do a lot of networking right now um and and through the networking uh you probably have heard of it uh bni um, which is like business Net networking international yeah so yeah. they they have chapters all over the the world right it's the world's largest networking group um organization so um so i've i've been networking with them for over a year now and uh almost a year yeah a year in june so yeah june 6th i think is a year so it's pretty much a year um and through that i've learned i've met some uh, business coaches and that those business coaches have helped me i'm actually meeting them with another one on friday this week to try to help me to, you know, to, 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 to do just that, the strategy, to add strategy to one, I'm trying to build a franchise model. Yeah. Um, okay. Not, not, not to franchise necessarily, but to be able to walk away and the business run itself Yeah. because all the processes are in place. Right. So um, my, so my main focus with him right now is to get, all my standard operating procedures in place to um, to really fully understand the business side of my books because I'm not a businessman. I'm I'm a I'm an engineer. I didn't go to business school, so like, and I didn't go to accounting school, and I didn't go to any of that stuff. So, um, so I have a bookkeeper, right? It's just her name is my Jill. She's my wife, you know. <laughs> okay. And uh, and she doesn't have a degree in it either. She's a nurse. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, and then we have an accountant that does the taxes and stuff, but, um, but we want to be able to fully understand like, Hey, are we actually making a profit? Obviously we're making a profit, but how can we do it better? How can yeah. we change things? How can I've implemented lean manufacturing into the business? So, um, which has helped me to be more organized and, um, so yeah, I'm trying to, continue that process um, to be better at the biz that side the production side of things which is, is helped tremendously but to have that standard operating procedure like to to be able to go to my screen guy in the morning and not have to tell him about what's a better workflow than what he has right like mm -hmm. it's we should just have those processes 100 percent written down videoed whatever yeah. so that he can just be like, no, this is just the way you do things. This is it. Like this, this works. And so like, that's, that's my main focus now. And once I get all of those 
once I get this to where it could be franchisable or at least run itself basically with whatever employee comes in again, that's why I did the auto reclaim auto code yeah. or all that. Cause mm-hmm. we're just yeah. pushing buttons. We're pushing yeah. buttons. That's it. Right. I don't have to train them to coat the screen anymore. Um, so once I get to that point, then, then it's like, okay, now what's the exit mm. for me? Mm. And if that, if, if things are in place, the exit for me is easy because anybody could really run the shop. Hopefully yeah. it's my son. Right. Yeah. But it could be one of my employees that decides that they want to take it over, you know, yeah. or could be, you know, sell it to someone else or whatever, but sell it, sell it to someone else. Yeah. On that, I mean, I'll just comment for me. Um, so a lot of the work I did in management consulting, so I've run different businesses um, yeah. in the last uh, three, with the exception of another one that I ran concurrently. We're all in the management consulting industry around business process design, rationalizing large organizations. Is kind of 20, 30,000 personnel organizations and mm-hmm. um, wow. moving to that model that you're describing of creating standard operation procedures. But there's one thing just to say right now in that, that, that your business advisors will probably be all across, um, yeah. is that there's an interplay between standard operation procedures and human being. So, for example, in the auto reclaim, um, auto coding system, that's really easy in the sense that, like you said, you know, you put a screen in, you press a button, it's going to happen, right? I mean, right. I, yeah. but at the end of that, you're going to take someone, have someone take a screen out and then just check, right? Right. And that yeah. person yeah. needs to understand the relationship between that and having a, a screen that gets to press that hasn't been checked. So there's always yeah. these fluffy areas around an SOP. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is that, that that's that's the problem. Like if you don't have something to be able to, that they could check themselves with or somebody else can check them with, then, then it's, it's worthless. Right. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's just based on the effort that that person wants to put in that day. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And so you're trying to eliminate as much of that as possible. And so to get yeah. those SOPs bulletproof, but to have the right personnel or manager that can actually right. reflect on that, yeah fluffy area as it were between processes is critical um in anything yeah. whether it's you know erp or um you know mechanical uh, yeah. processing obviously you've got that in in your brain anyway from what you were doing before yeah because that's a high you know that packaging area around cookies i think it was or, or whatever yeah. it was yeah. um, cookies candies yeah candies um that you know that that's as bulletproof i mean i've got a feeling anatole yeah. may have even had a history in some of that kind of engineering. Oh yeah, they were a mechanical engineer. Yeah, they were an engineering equipment manufacturer. They just happened to, to do screen printing equipment too, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that's, theirs is interesting. Their story is interesting. He's an engineer. He's an engineer too. Uh, Mr. Anatol is an engineer. Anatol, um, yeah. the elusive Mr. An- Anatol. Uh, I sometimes <laughs> wonder whether he's a real person, but I know he is. He lives in Chicago. Oh, okay. oh, I know. I know he's a real person. Yeah, I've so, never met him, but what made you choose Anatole? Why them? Well, it's it was my footprint in my shop, and the fact that 
it was it made sense so here's the thing I, i'm an engineer it just when i designed equipment for the engineering world i designed it two ways i did it pneumatically and i did it servo driven yeah and so you always designed the machines in pneumatic and servo why because pneumatics machines were always the cheaper the the cost effective machine that could do the same job as the more expensive servo drive servo driven a lot of the machines that you built in the packaging world could survive you know because the, the pneumatics you know that it could it's one of those processes where they have the mechanics there anyways um they can replace a cylinder it's not that big of a deal if it's not super precise but when you start to do 700 products a minute in mm. in packaging mm. it becomes comes really important on being as accurate as possible so so i would you get higher speeds you would get um you know more accuracy you would get you know a lot of benefit from going to the the servo drives right so um so to me it's an it's an upgrade a servo driven electrical 100% electrical servo driven machine is an mm -hmm. upgrade to a pneumatic machine because the air lets out you got to rely on a compressor and a chiller and it, the the cylinders they might start to drift on you it might have to take a minute for that sucker to get fully extended and then all of a sudden you've now misprinted or mm -hmm. you failed if you got a leak they constantly leak you blow the hose something happens whatever right well that's tough and in in uh and it's a lot of maintenance flip side of that servos is no maintenance mm -hmm. it does the job every single time it's there is i've had that machine for five years it's paid off this it'll be paid off this year i think and um and it's i've never had one problem with it yeah i've never had to replace a motor i've never had to replace a servo if i did i know how i'm you know i know how to replace it because yeah. i have the experience in it yeah. what, what, what it what it does is it scared away all the it scares away all the the old school guys because they've only ever printed on pneumatic machines yeah but like, it's so quiet when we had the open house here, like I'm, I said, we're sitting here having a conversation and this machine is running full speed and we don't have to scream. Yeah. It's, it's super quiet. Like, yeah. and so like the entire shop is, is, is buzzing, right? It's just it's nice little steady buzz of just the squeegee coming across the screen. And the beep. You don't hear it. And the beep, you don't hear the and all that other stuff, right? You know, well, and so, so that whole thing is, is why I did it. One, it was an upgrade Two, the footprint fit my office at the time, my shop. Yeah. And so, um, and I didn't have to worry about buying a compressor and a chiller. Yeah. So, uh, so that was really, it was cost at first and, and the fact that I had some knowledge of it, but I went and bought another one, um, because i liked it so much yeah it says it all um yeah yeah and and you're alluding to the fact that we've got one there but i don't know what a pneumatic one sounds like so i get that oh. this is quieter um yeah but yeah is it really that bad yeah it's yeah well imagine it's doing that on one head 
and now you've got eight heads doing it right so it's just noisy chaos and if and you had multiple the, machines doing it. and the compressor makes a constant well not constant, uh, but a constant yeah. yeah 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 that's loud too i have a compressor the only thing i have a compressor for is the grunig um the the autocoder that's yeah. that's air driven okay yeah but all right but yeah it's it's great um all that yeah that's why i did it and and i tell i tell people to this day i'm like if you listen to the first episode of our podcast or we talk about our second episode we talk about moving to an auto um like i tell people i'm like listen don't kid yourself if you don't think that every single one of those manufacturers are are not waiting for anatol's patent to run out and it runs out it's 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 out in two years is that right the the patent is, yeah, the patent is only, it was only a 14 or 12 year patent or something. It was, it was not a full patent, like to where they could keep it a secret. So, hmm. so that whole thing, like they did it one way. Rock has already, Rock already has a pneumatic press or a, um, a electric press. They, the only thing they did differently was made the lift table um, yeah, I'm pneumatic. Sorry yeah oh right okay the, the arms the arms i think was yeah. the so yeah so so everything else is fully servo driven right and so yeah so that's that's their newest ones actually hasn't been out yet it hasn't come out yet and it's it's almost 100 percent electric i think there's just like small things on it that are pneumatic like but they felt they they had to i think because of the the, the patents or whatever right yeah but as yeah. soon as that patent runs out I guarantee you, the market today, guarantee you that MNR is going to have a fully auto or fully electric. Rock's going to have a full electric. The workhorse will have a full. Everybody's going to go to it hmm. because it's a no brainer. It's an upgrade. Yeah. So, yeah. Anatol just went to it first. I mean, and Anatol didn't do it perfectly. Obviously, they struggled. So, um, yeah. but, you know, nobody's perfect, but everybody's got a good press. You mentioned. Um, earlier that you're using um the three point Sorry, my wife's texting me oh no you quick. go right ahead that's okay cool all right uh you still okay for time don't wanna yeah i, I shut the alarm off that was that's why i was filling on my phone because i was like uh oh the alarm's about to go off <laughs> so <laughs> okay because it's not used um, to being not not used to me being here but yeah you mentioned i'm good earlier. for probably another 15 minutes is that all right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's cool. Just a couple of things then. One is you mentioned that you're using the registration system, uh, the Anatol registration system with the three-point uh, platen that goes in or pallet that goes in. Yep. How are you finding that? Are you using the full transparency system? You know, it's got like a kind of quite yeah. significant, it looks yeah. quite onerous to me, to be honest. Yeah, where you put it transparencies is. on a, on a yeah. matrix. So... Here's the thing. I'm not paid by Anatel. I'm an in, like kind of an influencer for them a little bit. So I, I don't, uh, I'd, I'd rather not talk terrible about them, but, but the, um, the reality is, is I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, the, the registration system is not fully dialed in yet for them. I've tried to um, work out the kinks and we actually crashed the machine. Anatel was great. Um, when we crashed it, they re fully replaced everything that was broken when we crashed it. But it was me trying. It was my empl my employees trying to run it, you know, on the auto and 
and try to do it. And I said, there's something not right here and we're trying to work through it. And they, they, they really just don't have it fully kind of worked out to where it's perfect. Yep. I think it's because of the way that they're, the arm, how you register the side clamps and everything and how their yep. side, the arms and everything are set up yep. so that it's kind of, it's kind of hit and miss there. So my, I have a, I, like I said, Anatol was great. They replaced everything. No questions asked. Um, and I have a new registration unit uh, system, the, 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 the jig, but yeah. my employees are afraid to use it because um, they crashed the first one. And I'm, I'm actually afraid to use it, honestly. But, um, but so Trilock has figured it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but Trilocks is the same. You're still using the registration. You're still using the transfer sheets. Yeah. Um, you're, still, you're still doing the same exact thing on a Trilock. Same thing with Vastex, um, the the manual version. So, and that's what I had, um, the manual Vastex version. So, yeah. um, so my employees were used to doing pin registration anyways for pre-registration, pin pre-registration, basically using the sheets. Yep. Um, so yeah, I had to do the setup for the for the jig. I still use the um, the same board I used when I used the Anatol. I just put the new decal over it. Yeah. So, um, but it's the same one. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I still, it's, um, I don't have to put my screen on there anymore. So that's good. Cause that registration is actually in the, in the inside of the, uh, the actual exposure unit. It's actually yeah. on the glass, like a yeah. trilock. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, so we're used to it. It works. Um, it works great on the manual. It's just on the auto. It's uh, it's trying to get it to not bind up when you're tightening the clamps. When you clamp the screen down, yeah. When you clamp the screen down, there's a little bit of movement. We've got that same here, and we're trying to work that out. But you'll be able to work it out because you're an engineer and conscious of time. Let's talk about the Stampinator because you guys have a Stampinator in your your small auto. I think is that right? Tell us about that. Why did you decide to go with that? Do you have any flashes? Well, running on as well? Or is it- yes, I do. Yes, I do. So um, I first saw the Stampinator at uh, at Made at Made Labs and uh, Printed Threads in Texas. Um, I saw them running it, and I saw the quality that was coming out, and it was so smooth, right? Really? And so then I went to ISS Long Beach, and uh, and met. Jeff from the stamp, Jeff, you know, Jeff from the Stampinator, uh, Ferriucci. And I, you know, I met him and I was like, Hey, I'm having an open house. Um, I want to get a, I, I, I think it would be really cool if you could make it, you know, I was, I'm going to buy an, I'm going to buy a Stampinator. And he's like, heck yeah, man, I, that sounds great. I'm always looking to, I don't have it on an Anatol yet, you know? So, um, so we just got to talking and, and uh, so I ended up ordering one and uh, he came in, he was like, well, I'm going to be there. I'll install it. So we installed it the day of the show <laughs> and I didn't know what I was getting. You know, like I just knew that it was super, it made the print super smooth. So we had that thing running um, within two hours of, I had all the electrical ran. I, you know, everything was there for it, but we just basically replacement for the flash. Yeah. And all we did was stamp down the fibers. So it's literally, it works as a flash. It'll dry wet ink. Amazing. So um, it's a, it's a heat press basically on press. Yeah. 
and so um so we print we printed the underbase and stamped it so it completely stamped down all the fibers and made that that white underbase glass wow. and which which then i put my top colors on and what i realized is you could go high mesh top colors so i was doing 200 200 mesh on my top colors and i was using less ink and getting better coverage because the the bottom was smooth the underbase was smooth and so um so we ran those and everybody's like that the feel of it is phenomenal right well the monarch ink com combined with the stampinator on an as color which is what this is it's like the best like it's yeah. like the ultimate setup right because then you're like man it feels like water base it's plastisol you know and uh and so i was like this is great and so i um he ended up like I said, he was there and we were talking with him and he goes, I want to give away a Stampinator. And well, I had 36 shops or something in that first day. And, and so I was like, Hey, everybody who wants to give away a Stampinator. And you thought that they were going to lose their mind because you know, he's pretty popular. The, the, it's pretty popular here in the States. And, uh, and I go like, Jeff, what are we going to do if it's a manual? like a manual customer because there's manual shops here cool. yeah. and he goes he goes well i'm developing one for the manual too it'll take six months to come out if they can wait i'll give them i'll 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 do uh i'll do a manual version of it for them and i was like all right cool and he goes you know what screw it i'll, I'll give one of each away wow. <laughs> and so He's a nice he guy. gave away he Had gave away two stampinators yeah wow and uh and maybe they'll super run nice guy. open house down here um, oh my gosh keen. they're great we're pretty keen we're pretty keen on getting two and putting it on this auto um we also want to look at using super color transfers i use them too small jobs yeah. because normally you're anything less than 100 garments with a and you can stamp right on press in line yeah yeah so exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we're always turning away for color jobs where you know they're small runs because you don't want to set a simulated process up for 50 t-shirts or whatever it's just well here's the interesting thing is since we were um we were the first ones to have it on anatol he sends shops to us to tell them how to set it up so <laughs> right we'll be in touch so so i did a video for J jackson did the video for the stampinator for um how to do this off contact and how to fit it in and set it up so yeah, yeah. All right. Um, two last things. One is a shout out for your podcast, Last Call for Plastisol. Why did you call yeah. it that? That's a very unique name. So we, me and Christy, Christy's another shop owner. We met seven, seven or eight years ago. Um, just, you know, goofing off with the, the screen printing and it got big, obviously. Um, but um, we were in screen printing 101 together. Like, so we took that class I took, I met her, right? So, um, so she ended, long story short, she, she was at the show. She, she's, um, she's currently on the board of decorators for Gildan. Mm. Or, and so, um, so she was at the show um, and she was like, hey, why don't we do a, a screen printing podcast? Take this kind of momentum we have and run with it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, and so we started coming up with names and we basically said, Hey, 
the funny thing is, is like most people sit around and talk about business at the bar after work or, you know, and over a beer. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, well, the hap- the printer's happy hour, you know, we'll call it the printer's happy hour and we'll just, we'll keep it fun and light and maybe we'll crack a beer open and talk about screen printing, you know, on, and, 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 and the printer's happy hour was actually already taken. Oh, so, okay. um, as a, po- as a podcast name or whatever. So, uh, so along the same lines, I was like, well, they're always saying last call. So I said, how about last call for plastic ball, the plastic ball? Hence the beer. Hence the beer. It's still it's yeah. still the same thing. So what we'll do is we'll sit around like at a we'll sit like we're standing at a high top bar, and uh, we literally crack beers and uh, say cheers, and uh, and so we'll have the beer and we'll talk about screen printing and we'll have a guest on, and we've got a beer sponsor, <laughs> and uh, and PMI tape um, is our is our what's on press Wednesday. And basically it's just a little contest we have. And so we encourage other printers to show us what's on their press and we give them a free beer or basically we say, we'll buy you a drink. Yeah. And so, so it's the theme, right? It's just the last yeah. call for plastic. So we, we buy them a drink for that. And then our, our sponsors are top shelf sponsors. And so we just kind of keep that theme running through it. And uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. So last call for plastic is uh, we run it, we it's a video podcast we do it every two weeks we do it live or not live we don't we don't we record the the guests live so um all of our guests have been in in our shop um so none of them have done like this online Uh, we'll have to eventually move to that but we're trying to get local shops local people it's it's geared towards smaller printers just getting started it's the ones like you said there wasn't anybody that you could learn from we want to offer our services to help people so we there's a coaching aspect to it there's uh helping um give detailed information something that people are going to be be able to walk away with some screen printing nuggets on building their business or being better at it like today like our conversation people can walk away from our conversation and, and have have something that they learned and so that's kind of what it is and we kind of have fun with it and uh and that's every two weeks. It's, you can look for it on YouTube, Last Call for Plastisol. We have a website, lastcallforplastisol.com, and our Instagram page. And it's uh, me and Christy Rossi from Snatch and Run, which is just a local shop. And she's also talks about the Gildan Board of Decorators. And obviously, I talk about the things we're doing with Anatol and our sponsors and things. So I've been yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, no, I've been enjoying yeah, it. Thank you. Thank so, you. It's kind of. It's kind of laid back. It's not very too serious. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Which yeah. is great, but it's got a really, it's got a different feel to it than many of the podcasts. And yeah. I really appreciate that. I appreciate them all, but I really appreciate yeah. yours. Yeah. And the good, the good thing is, is what, like we're friends kind of with, I mean, Christy's more friends with Dylan than I am, but Dylan and Andy from Shirt Show, but I've met them. And um, so that's, it's nice to have those guys supporting us. Yeah. Like they, they encourage, they encourage us, which, you know, which is a good thing. That's, you know, they're a big podcast. We're, sure. we're, we're, we're very small. So. Yeah. No, um, so are we, um, yeah. small. so yeah. last question, um, also on the back of what you were just saying, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay. Small shop or even, or even someone moving from kind of maybe hobby to, you know, serious 
commercial yeah. we're going to print for people what would be your number one piece of advice wow Ugh. um i mean customer service is the most important thing yeah, like man. don't don't try to don't oversell yourself to please the customer just to try to be like the other shop like mm -hmm. don't don't worry about what the other shop is doing do sell and treat that customer the the best the way that you can for what you can do for them and you know i, I see a lot of people coming in and saying we want to be like your shop don't be like my shop or they want to be like the shop down the street and they're because they're an auto shop and they're a manual shop and they just want to be able to keep up with their pricing. Don't do like, stop, don't do that at all. Just focus on your customers. Like the, the number one thing we've, we've gone five or six years on actually longer than that, seven, seven years on Google with a five-star review, nothing less than a five-star review. Why? because the customer is never going to walk out of here with something they don't like. Mm. And that may mean I have to lose money on the job. Sure. But the customer is always going to walk away with something that they want. It's they're never going to walk away with what they don't want. Right. So that means if something's wrong, we fix it mm. all the time, every mm. time customer that, that customer relationship is the most important thing. So if you can treat the customers the way that they would want to be treated the way you would want to be treated, then your business will grow exponentially. You won't have to worry about marketing. You won't have to worry about everything else because you, you focused on just making that customer happy and growing that customer base. Even if it's slowly, you can take it slow. It's going to, but those people will come back to you every single time because you've treated them, you know, well and uh i see so many people failing like they i can't believe there's shops that you know say they're going to do one thing and don't do it and mm -hmm. then you get the horror stories and i'm like so just to, just like in uh you say your customers church a lot of churches uh, in my in my i'm from a church background relationships are the most thing the best thing that matters to stick that church background and that culture together relationships are the only thing that matters yeah. So, so vertical and horizontal relationships, that's it. So, yeah. so everything else, if you can do that, those relationships, well, then everything else is a piece of cake. So yeah. customer service. Yeah. That's been our, our kind of mantra around customer service too. Um, and we do get those issues. Uh, we had one not so long ago where we had someone else working on catching and clearly not monitoring temperatures of ovens. And it, yeah. we just ended up with that a bunch happens. of crack hoodies. But, the, you know, you just like exactly what you say. You just got to sort of suck it up, pay for it, make it happen, make the cu the customer happy. And there's something kind of rewarding in doing that, satisfying yeah. in doing that anyway, yeah. although you don't want that. To oh, man, 100 percent transparency. Also, like I, I, I could do a I could do a bunch of stuff. Customer service, 100 percent transparency. Like if you mess up, don't try to cover it up. Right call the customer and say, Hey, you know what? We messed up. Like that we, you know, they printed the back design on the front. We're going to have to get you new shirts or, Hey, you just realize that, you know, four of these shirts are crooked. Right. 
and the customer's here to pick them up because the printer marked ready for pickup. And now that's, you know, oh, I'll just give them the box and don't worry, they may not notice that it's crooked. No, they're going to know they're crooked. Just say, hey, I printed four shirts crooked. What we plan to do is replace those shirts. Um, and so if, if that's what you would want us to do, you know, we've already decided to go ahead and do that for you. Um, we could give you those shirts. Um, probably you're not going to want them. So we're happy to take off that discount. If, you know, just whatever we need to do to, yeah, and, you know, same. nine times out of 10, they're like, they're like, listen, man, I'm just giving these things away. Blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. Or yeah, just let me know when they're done or, you know what? In fact, let's just save those for next time. I'll place a second order and nine times out of 10, they'll place a second order and order more shirts. Yeah. You know, and, and then you, like, thank you for being honest. And I get a five-star review for being honest with them. That's right. right? I think the thing that happens in amongst that um, managing and growing a relationship in the hard times, as well as the easier times is you build up trust. They build up yeah. trust in you. You become reliable for them. And and that's what it's about. So yeah, yeah no, I think that's a, that's gold, that one for sure. Um, yeah. Jeremy, I'm conscious of time. Um, you're, I could talk with you all day. I could listen to you all day. Yeah. And it's been inspiring hearing about your journey. Ours is, I think, the next tier down, but it's a similar kind of yeah. trajectory. I've learned heaps. Um, but I want to thank you for your time. Um, maybe yeah. get you back on at some point to, to learn yeah, some more. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I'm absolutely happy to help you guys out in any way I can. And, and, and yeah, please, I'd love to be back on. Yeah. Well, for now, have a great evening the sun's up here thanks. i can hear the guys are getting cracking on so better go and see all right but thanks a lot for your time thanks,